Disney's Zootopia introduced the world to a sloth named Flash who works at the DMV, the Department of Mammal Vehicles. Everyone identifies with Flash's slowness while reflecting on their own painstakingly long experience at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Slothfulness carries with it a moral and spiritual meaning. It is one of the deadly sins because it undermines productivity in society and ultimately God's plan. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 18 says, Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indolence the house leaks. Is your roof leaking? Are you too lazy to fix it? Sloth is the enemy of productivity and a job well done. The best way to defeat slothfulness is to dedicate yourself to diligence and to avoid working at Disney's DMV. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Today we come to the fourth of the seven deadly sins, laziness. At first blush, laziness doesn't seem to be all that problematic. Certainly not as destructive as pride, anger, or lust, the first three deadly sins. But as you'll see during the next half hour or so, perpetual laziness brings with it some rather severe consequences. Stay with us now as Ron continues his series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Defeating Laziness. SpongeBob SquarePants is a popular animated character on the Nickelodeon channel. Any SpongeBob fans here? I know on this Father's Day, my kids are SpongeBob fans. SpongeBob lives with his friends in the sea. And one of his friends is a pink starfish named Patrick. And one day Patrick won an award, a gold trophy. And he won the award for, quote, doing absolutely nothing longer than anybody else. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine an award like that for doing absolutely nothing longer than anybody else? This award was actually number one on a list of Patrick's top five lazy moments. Number five had to do with Patrick's to-don't list. Yeah, Patrick the lazy starfish didn't have a to-do list. He had a to don't list. And one day, SpongeBob comes up to Patrick and he says, Patrick, what are you doing? And he says, nothing. And then he picked up a piece of paper and scratched off the word nothing from his to don't list. On another lazy occasion, SpongeBob found his starfish friend at home sitting in front of his television. And SpongeBob walks in and says, Patrick, is this what work looks like? And Patrick got defensive. And he says, it's not as easy as it looks. Sometimes I have to move the antenna. Sometimes I lose the remote. And sometimes my backside itches real bad. Patrick the Lazy Starfish. Do you know Patrick the Lazy Starfish? Can I be so bold this morning as to ask you, are you Patrick the Lazy Starfish? We're in a series of messages called Undefeated overcoming the deadly sins that drag you down. And we've talked about defeating pride, anger, last week defeating lust, 
This week we're talking about defeating laziness. Laziness. How do you defeat laziness? Better yet, let's start by asking the question, what is laziness? I think the first thing we need to do is not confuse it with those uh, times in our life when we have a real need for rest and relaxation. There's a lazy streak in all of us, right? It comes up every once in a while, but more often than not, we just, we just need to rest. We need to uh, recreate. We need to kind of refuel ourselves. And that's when the Lazy Days RV company, an actual company in Tampa, Florida, may be the you know, place for you to go. They, they make recreational vehicles, the Lazy Days RV company, or maybe the Lazy Day Resort, an actual place in Thailand is, is your, more your, your cup of tea, your, your speed. And on your lazy days, when you want to do absolutely nothing, because you really do need to rest and refuel and uh, recreate some. You know, God even created the heavens and the earth in six days, and the Bible says he rested on the seventh. Not because God grew weary and tired, we know that he doesn't. But he did this to model for us a healthy rhythm of life for us as human beings. He even gave us the Sabbath commandment, uh, six days of work and resting and doing absolutely nothing on that one day of rest. That's not laziness. That's just a smart way uh, to rhythm your life. So, Uh, Let's just understand that and not confuse laziness with our, 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 our everyday need for rest and relaxation. So what is laziness? Dr. Neil Burton in an article titled The Psychology of Laziness says, a person is being lazy if he is able to carry out some activity that he ought to carry out but is disinclined to do so because of the effort involved. You know, you have something that you need to do, some work that needs to be done, but you say, I don't want to put that much effort into it. You're like, you know, Patrick, the lazy starfish, the pink starfish that he is. And that's a nice cerebral definition that Dr. Burton gave to us, but I, I really prefer the Bible's definition of laziness. Actually, the Bible gives us um, a description of laziness. It's found in Proverbs chapter 24, beginning in verse 30. I read the verses a few moments ago, but let's read them again. Uh, this, this poetic, creative description of laziness and the consequences of it. Listen to this. I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and a stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and I received some instruction. Listen to this instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and lack like a want, uh, unwant like an armed man. I love the poetry. I love the creativity. I love the picture painted. This was written 2,500, almost 3,000 years ago, but it still paints the picture of Patrick the lazy pink starfish. You walk into his house and everything's broken down and you wonder. Yeah, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. 
a little bit of rest that goes beyond our normal need for rest and relaxation, but that creeps into that deadly sin we call laziness, or a better word, a more biblical word is a sluggard. Say that word with me, sluggard. Doesn't it just sound like a lazy person? You sluggard, you. Or the other word the Bible uses is slothfulness. Slothfulness. Proverbs 20 and verse 4, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Yeah, he doesn't get around to doing the work that he needs to do in autumn. And then at harvest time, he wonders why he doesn't have anything. Well, he was a sluggard. Proverbs 19 and verse 15, slothfulness casts into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. I just love the sound of those words. And actually, the word slothfulness was the original term used by Pope Gregory uh, when he compiled his list of the seven deadly sins back in the sixth century. They, they talked about it, not as laziness, that's what we talk about today, or the lazy day RV company or the lazy day hotel or whatever. Can you imagine the, the slothful hotel or the slothful recreation company? Or No, we use the word lazy. Back then, they used the more uh, biblically appropriate term of sluggard, slothful. Just sounds like what we're talking about here. Uh, there's been a, a resurgence in the popularity of sloths. Have you noticed that? They're actually a little animal, a, a, a mammal. A Disney's Zootopia has a, has a character in it named Flash, and, and Flash works at the DMV, the Department of Mammal Vehicles, all right? And we've all had that experience at the DMV where they move at the pace of a sloth, right? <laughs> Disney got it right in Zootopia. Geico has that commercial where they're playing Pictionary, and, and the sloth, you know, it's, it's one of those timed sessions, you know, where you got to draw something there, and you only got a few seconds to decide what it is. And, and one of the teams has a sloth on their team, and all he gets to is just a little bit of a line. So frustrating for everybody else because the sloth just can't keep the pace. Uh, sloths are, are part of our humor today. But this is a very serious subject, slothfulness is. It was listed among the seven deadly sins uh, for a very, very good reason. Um, and we'll get to that in a, in a moment. But I think any discussion about this deadly sin, the deadly sin of laziness, of slothfulness, of sluggard, uh, needs a strong dose and an understanding of the biblical theology of work. Let me just say it this way. Your work matters to God. How you work, the diligence with which you give yourself to your work, it matters to God. Doug Sherman wrote a book by that title, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago, Your Work Matters to God. And, and it's, it's, it's probably the best work that I've seen that, that really dives into the Scripture and gets after, in a positive way, a biblical theology of work and diligence. I, I could come up with maybe a, a, another book, a companion to this called Your Slothfulness Concerns God, but I don't think it would sell as many copies. It just, it just wouldn't. Doug Sherman's is a better book, Your Work Matters to God. Uh, slothfulness carries with it a, a moral and spiritual meaning, and uh, uh, 
It's one of the deadly sins because it undermines productivity in society and ultimately undermines God's plan. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 18 says, through sloth, the roof sinks in and through indolence, the house leaks. If somebody came to your house and saw the roof leaking and things in disrepair, would they be justified in saying a lazy person lives there? They don't even have the energy to fix the things around the house. They just let it continue in disrepair. Are you the lazy person who's too lazy to fix something around the house? Sloth is the enemy of productivity and a job well done. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore tab at the top of the homepage and then tell us how we can pray for you. While you're there, visit our digital library where you can tap into more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. In the Garden of Eden, work was not a punishment for sin. Work was part of God's plan even before the fall of man. It remains part of his plan today. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Laziness. And when we dive into the biblical theology of work, you know, some of you may think that, uh, you know, work, work, work was part of the curse, wasn't it, Pastor? You go all the way back to Genesis and no, you know, work was cursed. No, it wasn't. Work was part of the creative order all the way back in the beginning. In fact, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man, that was Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Work was God's idea. He gave Adam work to do. Adam was in paradise, and he had work and productivity to do. And then the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3 that sin entered into the world. God didn't curse work. No, he cursed the serpent. And then he made it difficult for childbirth to happen for the female and introduced a little contrariness between the husband and the wife. And then he cursed the ground, making it more difficult for Adam to be productive, okay? But the rhythm of life given to us all the way back in the book of Genesis was six days of work, one work of rest. Exodus 20 and verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. One of the reasons God gave us the Sabbath was for rest. It, it pictures also something theologically I won't take the time to go into, but uh, just, just for us to rest. It's a rhythm, a rhythm of life. Jesus said in John 5 and verse 17, My Father is working until now, and I am working. Uh, God is always working. Sometimes we talk about the, uh, the great American work ethic, and um, uh, American workers are, are some of the best workers in the world, you know? Now, where did that come from, that good old-fashioned American work ethic? Some people point historically back to the 16th and 17th centuries when a group of people came over called the Puritans. It's sometimes called the American work ethic. Other times it's called the Puritan work ethic. These were people of faith. And they came to this country 
And they were hard-working people because back then, part of the Puritan work ethic was this idea that the farmer felt just as called to plowing his fields as the preacher felt called to preaching his sermons. They had a well-formed biblical theology of work, and they worked as unto the Lord. There was no slothfulness. There was no sluggardness. There was no laziness. And those who were were you know, frowned upon. And that good old-fashioned Puritan American work ethic rooted in faith helped grow this country and helped build the great American worker that we have today. But can I suggest to you, that old American work ethic is under attack today. Now, because we live in a fallen world, we have drifted from the, the creative norm of working for six days, resting on one. I know that was a paradise thing. After paradise, it became... You know, harder to be productive and to work the ground. And we've drifted into a five-day work week with two days of rest. Some people in the world have a three-day weekend and four days of work. In the earlier hours, somebody shouted amen for that. I mean, I, I understand, all right? And, but that's, that's being introduced even in our world today. The socialism and communism mindset will always drift away from the good old American Puritan work ethic that is rooted in a biblical theology of work. It's a subtle attack on Christianity. Beware of that. But some are now arguing for a four-day work week and three days of rest. Just how far we have drifted in our fallen world and how our productivity continues to decline. I know some people argue that you can be more productive with three days of rest rather than two days of rest and certainly more than one day of rest. I'll leave that for the experts to argue. But your work matters to God. If you, if you have a little bit of Patrick the lazy starfish in you, this may be the very deadly sin that drags you down and undermines your productivity and ultimately God's plan that he wants to produce through you and produce through me. How do we defeat laziness? Three simple ways. Number one, practice diligence. What do I mean by diligence? Well, we've been talking about the seven deadly sins, pride, anger, lust, laziness. We'll get on to gluttony, envy, and greed in the weeks to come. But alongside the, the vicious vices, we have also talked about some heavenly virtues that correspond to them. And the heavenly virtue that corresponds to the vicious vice known as laziness is what we would call diligence or hard work. The lazy person hardly works, but the diligent person works hard. Proverbs 12 and verse uh, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule while the sloth will be put to forced labor. The soul of the sluggard, Proverbs 13 and verse 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 21 and verse 15, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. You read throughout the book of Proverbs and over and over again, the wise person is the diligent person. The foolish person is the sluggard, the sloth the lazy person. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 
in verse 23, he says, whatever you do, listen to this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that, that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. One of the things that a biblical theology work will do, it'll change your attitude at work. Maybe you have a boss that you're working for and you know, he, doesn't, doesn't, he or she doesn't exactly inspire productivity in you or that desire to be diligent and to go the extra mile. Well, when you understand you're not working for your boss, you're working for the Lord Christ. And apparently there's an eternal reward, an inheritance as your reward related to, to how we work and how we give our whole heart to it. Now, I've said for years, I came out of the business world years ago into vocational ministry, and one of the things that concerned me was that, that, that ministry can really be a, a, a place that fuels laziness in pastors if they're not careful. Because you only see me on Sunday. You don't see me during the week. I can turn it on on Sunday. Anybody on staff can. And maybe a couple times during the week when we're interacting. But you don't have any oversight or eyes on what I'm doing with the rest of my time. It's easy to coast in the ministry. It's never been my, my wiring to work that way. I didn't work in the business world that way. But one time I had a pastor on my staff years ago in another state. He was a worship pastor, and I came on staff, and I'm, you know, go, 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 work, 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 and here are some ideas, here are some things that we could do. And I could, I could tell there was a little bit of resistance coming my way. And one day he came up to me and he says, you know, pastor, he says, uh, the people around here just don't have that high of expectations. <laughs> and it was all I could do from just jumping into the middle of him. Because what he was communicating to me was, I'm, I'm that guy that is trying to figure out the least I can do to keep my paycheck and keep my job. You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Defeating Laziness, is part of Ron's series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Look for it under the Library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it. It can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. The two-volume set covers the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, is now available as a two-volume set covering the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. For a gift of $50 or more, request your copy of the set. When you order the print books, you will also get unlimited access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. 
to order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volumes 1 and 2, Through the Old and New Testaments, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Such a great addition to any home library. That's The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Request your copy of both volumes today at somethinggoodradio.org. Now, here's Ron with a preview of tomorrow's message. Paul gave them an example of hard work to imitate. You got anybody like that in your life? Maybe your father, your grandfather, a friend, a neighbor? Uh, Parents, grandparents, are you providing that kind of example to your kids and your grandkids? Will they ever look back on Father's Day, dads, granddads, and say, wow, my, my granddad, my father, I learned how to work hard, to put in a good day's work from my father who worked hard. And his work ethic was, was rooted in faith. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Defeating Laziness. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.